This is a presentation of Redemption Bible Church. For more information, please visit our website at redemptionbc.org. All right, some, some help here. Fill in the blank. Uh, every week, we ask everyone to fill out the info card. That's not as exciting as I thought uh, you guys would say it. Uh, but I'm not sharing announcements right now, but uh, you hear it every Sunday up here. Right, we ask you to fill out a prayer request because we genuinely want to hear from you and pray for you. Another way this helps us is um, it shapes us what we share up here. And so basically, through the prayer request, you guys have helped me write this sermon. So go ahead and give yourself a, a pat on the back for all the work that you guys did this week. But a common ask for our church is wisdom. Wisdom in job Wisdom in relationships, in money, in health, in decisions, in house. Wisdom in everything. We seek it. We need it. We want it. But why do we seek it? And what are we actually seeking? Because ideally in our heads, I think wisdom alleviates all of our stress in life dramatically because then we know what to do and things would just be easy. We equate wisdom to almost like fortune telling. Right, like Dr. Strange from the Avengers when he looks at all the possibilities and says this one path to save them. That guy, he's wise. He knows what to do. Like he literally knows what to do. But in that example, wisdom is simply an accumulation of the facts to make the right decision. And I think at times we tend to seek wisdom to get to a circumstance. We think wisdom is the specifics of what to do to get to a result. And if that is a presumptive thought in seeking wisdom, then by no means are we actually seeking wisdom. But I think at times we tend to seek wisdom and remove Jesus out of the equation. Wisdom without Jesus is folly. Scripture makes it clear what we ought to be seeking, though. The word says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. It says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. It says, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. It says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. When I'm afraid, give me Jesus. I think at times we chase wisdom when we ought to be chasing Jesus. That's what wisdom entails. And so we'll be primarily looking at James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18 in a sermon we're calling Divine Wisdom. You guys already know that. The sign already went up, right? Divine Wisdom. And so right off the bat, James asks a question, who is wise among you? And so before we dive into that question, we have to first look at why and who James, the half-brother of Jesus, is writing to. So look at verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who will teach will be judged with greater strictness. Maybe I should add my sermon right here. But James is addressing those who would become teachers within the Messianic community, but also who are, who are setting themselves up as wise. And so this exhortation is for all of us, directed toward all of us. Right? Who is wise? It's, that's the question. And the question itself is a trap question. It's kind of like asking, all right, who is humble? Let me see your hands. Who is humble? One guy right there, actually, 
raising his hand. Right? You guys should actually be raising your hand. You guys, you guys are humble, though, for real. Wisdom isn't shown in self-affirmation, but it's through character. Wisdom and character. And James answers the question in verse 13, prove it. Prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility or meekness that comes from wisdom. Wisdom is displayed in your character. It's not the educational or financial achievements that that display wisdom. The direct correlation of wisdom is tied to your character, especially in the area of humility. And what that means to us is that if we are pursuing wisdom, it's just to obtain a conceptual understanding, but it is a response. Wisdom is an outwardly expression. James answers the question, let him show. Let him show his works in the humility of wisdom. It's a response to a circumstance embedded in humility. A humility grounded in the fear of the Lord, as Proverbs 1 states. A wise person is only wise with a proper awe and respect of God, resulting in humility that leads to a wise response. The meekness of wisdom is properly contextualized in our awareness of God and our sinfulness and our understanding of a proper place before God. And so if we seek wisdom outside of that framework, then we are chasing worldly wisdom. That's why there's two types of wisdom. The first type of wisdom is this, worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom. Let's look at 14 through 16. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. But it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. James first links to wisdom what you do outside of the body on your conduct, and now he switches over to mode of what is inside of a person, the heart of the matter. Worldly wisdom is characterized by a heart harboring jealousy and self-centered ambition. It promotes oneself over others, and more dangerously, it promotes you over God. And he sets up a, a heart analysis here with a command. If your heart is embedded in selfish gain and jealousy, don't be a hypocrite and cover it up. Do not boast that you are wise. Don't raise your hand. Do not lie about what's really going on in your heart. This is not being wise. This is not from God. Worldly wisdom harbors bitterness. It harbors bitterness. And so a heart check for us now are there areas in, in our hearts where we're, we're holding on to bitterness? Bitterness due to coveting others' possessions, jobs, success, relationships. Bitterness due to willfully holding on to unforgiveness in people in your life. Hebrews 12.15 says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. That can be a very strong root in our lives. Worldly wisdom responds in hypocrisy. Are there areas in our hearts where we are responding hypocritically? 
not being genuine to others around us, not being genuine to ourselves, not being genuine to God. James 1.26 says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not brittle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religious is worthless. Lastly, worldly wisdom promotes self-exaltation. In our day-to-day, are we seeking for the good of our own kingdom or are we seeking God's kingdom? This is not the wisdom that comes from above. But it is earthly, unspiritual, works as demonic. And, And demonic and unspiritual seem pretty dramatic words to describe this type of wisdom. But the root of worldly wisdom, the root of worldly wisdom is the absence of the fear of the Lord. And so without reverence and humility before God, our pride leads us to active rebellion against God. And though we aren't able to see the hearts of others or sometimes even our own hearts, this pursuit of worldly wisdom will eventually spill out into disorder and in every vile practice. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so let the Spirit reveal to us in our pursuit of wisdom in our own hearts. The second type of wisdom is this, divine wisdom. Divine wisdom. Let's read verses 17 through 18. But the wisdom from above is first pure. Then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Divine wisdom is from above. It's of God. It is from God, which means that the true wisdom is rooted in God and his will. Divine wisdom is pure. And again, we're not focusing on outward behavior, but inward motive, where worldly wisdom responds in hypocrisy. The opposite of that, divine wisdom responds in sincerity. A heart trying to soul, to, a heart trying to soul uh, pleasing others will end up being a hypocrite. Right? Because you cannot please man. I've tried it. It's impossible. It'll leave you a hypocrite if you try to do that. Don't play that game. But a heart that tries to please God responds in sincerity through faith. Divine wisdom responds in sincerity knowing that this is what God wants. Not perfection, but genuineness. A genuine heart goes to God in repentance and turns back to God. Repenting from our thoughts and our actions of trying to be God and trying to know what's best for us and turn to him in dependence, knowing that he is best for us. Divine wisdom pursues peace. Pursues peace. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. But pursuing peace uh, sounds diplomatic and cordial. But to make peace, as verse 18 indicates, does not mean that it will go right for you. 
James is addressing the quarrels and the bitterness in chapter 4 that were occurring. See, Jesus came to make peace, but his peace was offensive, and he was put to death. Making peace involves messiness relationally, calling out sin amongst brothers and sisters gently, and forgiving of others. Those who are wise not only live a, live a life of peace and produce the fruit of peace from the Spirit of God, but also live a life being a peacemaker out of the love. It's not a passive job. It's a very messy and active job, pursuing peace in relationships with our families, in our church, in our friends, in our community, in our workplace. That's the divine wisdom is willing to yield. Willing to yield. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now being gentle would be easy if others were always gentle to us. Being open to reason would be easy if we were right all the time. Being merciful would be easy if we didn't have to extend mercy. And the word impartial meaning show without partiality. In other words, be consistent. Be consistent in your love to others. Right? It's easy to love our favorites. We don't have a true heart to love our favorites. But God says love our enemies. Opposite of that. Our actions and our motives ought not to be impartial to God's word. Be consistent. It's easy when we don't have to empty ourselves. But it is the act of emptying ourselves that allows us to be gentle that allows us to be open to reason and merciful and impartial and sincere. But we don't empty ourselves for the sake of emptying ourselves. We do it for the sake of loving like Jesus. The meekness of wisdom is willing to yield for the sake of loving like Jesus. But it's not about being right. It's about love. Isn't that exactly what Jesus did on the cross for us? It was in his humility, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, and emptied himself. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even Death on the cross. This is what we ought to think when we think of wisdom. A servant emptying himself out of love. This is what wisdom does. And at times we get lost trying to figure out what wisdom is. But these points are incomplete because divine wisdom, wisdom from above, is not what we do for ourselves, but it's a response to God in what he has done for us. And so when we respond in sincerity, we respond in sincerity to God. 
When we pursue peace, we pursue the peace of God. When we are willing to yield, we ought to be willing to yield before God. Wisdom is not just the knowledge and the ability to accomplish a task, but James here is saying it's how and why you do it and who you do it for. Man, as a people, man, we want wisdom. I want wisdom. We want to know what's next in our life. We want to know all the specifics before making a decision. We want to say the right things. We want to do the right things. We want to look smart. We want to look perfect. And the thought is seeking wisdom brings all of the unknown into clarity. The thought is seeking wisdom eases the hardships and trials, but it won't. We've got to be careful now and ask ourselves, are we seeking a result or a circumstance and calling it wisdom, or are we seeking Jesus? James doesn't say seek wisdom. It says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives it generously. He does the work for us. Asking for wisdom from God through prayer is how we receive wisdom, not chasing it ourselves. And we display the meekness of wisdom by knowing Jesus and loving like Jesus. Wisdom without Jesus is folly. And Paul says it beautifully in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. He says, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothings things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen? Jesus became to us wisdom from God. Wisdom isn't an abstract concept or a pool of knowledge that exists out there, but wisdom came down from heaven and was born of the virgin married and lived a pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield life and obedience to his Father. And he did all of this out of his love for us. Jesus Christ is the source of all wisdom because he became to us wisdom from God. And so let's seek Jesus over everything. Let's know Jesus over everything, and let's grow to be like Jesus over everything. Okay, I get it. Seek Jesus, rather. But what do I actually do? I still need wisdom. How do we find wisdom in pursuit of Jesus? Here are four ways. Be a fool. It's a great picture to take and put on social media. What are they teaching there at Redemption? 
teaching the word of God. 1 Corinthians 3.18 says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. Don't fool yourself. As a message says, don't think that you can be wise merely by being relevant. Be God's fool. That's the path to true wisdom. Being a fool requires humility. And not setting yourself up in worldly standards, but godly standards. Knowing that we don't have control and God determines what is best for us. Be a fool so that we can become wise. Number two, ask in faith. Right? Ask in faith. James 1 says, or 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to you all without reproach will be given to him but let him ask in faith God knows everything amen God tells us ask for wisdom amen God tells us that he will give it generously amen and so if God knows we ask he gives maybe that's all we need to know for now amen ask in faith knowing he will give what we need not always what we want Number three, walk with others. Proverbs 13, 29. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. See, God has given us more than, he's given us people more, to, more than to just hang out with. He's given us a family that we can call brothers and sisters. A family that points us to wisdom. A family that can carry our burdens and help us with our walk with Jesus in our pursuit of Jesus. The Christian faith is meant to be in community. And not just a people to hang out with, but a people to worship and seek Jesus together. Here's the fourth one. Number our days. Number our days. Maybe you've heard of this, of this verse before in Psalms 90.12. It says, so teach us to number our days. Right? The second part of that verse, we forget. That we may get a heart of wisdom. So that we may get a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. Live with the kingdom mindset. Live in, in light of eternity. Seek the kingdom of God. May every day is a gift. And we're one more day closer to meeting Jesus. So we have to be intentional with our time here, practicing what we'll be doing when we meet him. Delighting in him. Loving him. Following his way, serving him. Teach us a number of our days so we may have a heart of wisdom. And so we're going to end our time doing just that going to God. He says to ask, so we're going to ask. We're going to spend some time to reflect to be a fool according to worldly standards by turning to God in repentance of, of any earthly wisdom we've been pursuing of our own. Repenting of chasing of our outcome or result versus chasing of Jesus. 
I want us to ask for wisdom and faith, knowing he will give what we need. I want us to pray about what it looks like for us to walk with others. I can be joining a small group. Or what it looks like of letting another brother or sister in in your life so they can also be walking with you. And then lastly, we'll end our time and focus of having a heart of wisdom by remembering. A heart of wisdom doesn't forget. Remembers. Remembering through communion what has done for us on the cross. And so I want us just to sit for a few moments and be sincere to God. This is your time with God. Confess your sins to him. Though the world may see it foolish, God sees it as wise. Ask for wisdom and faith. Ask him to teach us to number our days so that we can have a heart of wisdom. And so let's reflect and be in his presence at this time. Let's do that now. Thanks for listening. For more audio content and information about redemption, please visit our website at redemptionbc.org.